Good morning. And today's daf is daf Nun Gimel. We're going to start the new parak, the fifth parak, at the bottom of Nun Beis Amud Beis 52b. And today's shiurs Le'ilu Nishmas, Oracle Bas Gershom, and Eliyahu Ben Leon, and also Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Halevi. May their memory be a blessing. Okay, so the new parak, just before we start the parak, we've learned that. On Shabbos, you have a tchum of 2,000 amos around yourself. Now, there's a halacha that if you're in a city, you have the, if you start Shabbos in a city, you have the whole city plus 2,000 amos outside of the city. So your tchum, the counting of the 2,000 amos, only starts from 2,000, um, only starts from the boundary of the city. But our mission is going to go in is, is how, where, where of the city do you measure the boundary? So we're assuming in the Mishnah that we're discussing a square city. But like which house? Sometimes there are house that one of, some of the boundaries not always a perfect square. Sometimes there are protrusions. Sometimes there are recesses in the boundary of the city. Where do you measure from? And another interesting halacha we're going to see in the Mishnah is that you, um, that you, make the line parallel to the size of the city. As I said, assuming we're discussing a square or rectangular city, you make the lines parallel to the sides of the city and extend them so that you have a square. So therefore, in the corners, you're actually getting much more than the 2,000 amos you get, as we've measured it before. It's about 2,800. As I mentioned before, you get about 2,800 amos in the corners. It's It's a gain that Chazal gave you. And there's just a bit of a background noise. I'm going to put everyone on to mute. If it's too, if you need to ask a question, just unmute yourself. Okay. Um, so now let's see the mission inside. So it says, Kaitsan Ma'abri Mesa Orim. How do we extend the Eruv of the cities, of a city? So as I mentioned, remember, because if you start Shabbos in a city, your Eruv only starts from the boundary of the city. If the boundary of the city is not so even, some of the houses are a bit further back, some of the houses protrude, or Pogum Nichnas, Pogum if the city has walls with towers, and some of the towers protrude from the wall, some are a bit in from the wall, or if there are ruins nearby that are ten fochim high, or gesharim or bridges, the nafshois or the foshois tombs, regarding the bridges, if they have like somewhere for the watchman to stay, then you start the measure from opposite them. For oisin oiso kamin tablo, and then you make it into a square, ketablo murubas, a square tablet, kedeshiyahi niskar es azovios, so you gain the court, the corners. So as um, so, where do you start measuring from? The protrusion. I chazal were quite lenient. If you have, let's say, most of the city on this line, but there's just a protrusion, a house juts out, or, or a bridge, or something where someone could stay on, juts out a bit. You start measuring your two thousand amos. From the jut out, so you get extra area. Now the Gemara is going to just wait. What is this word ma'avrin, which we translated as extend the tchum? So Rav Shmuel had 
Tani Ma'avrin with an ayin, V'chad Tani Ma'avrin, one taught it with an ayin and one taught it with an a, with an aleph. Man the Tani Ma'avrin, the one who taught it with an aleph, it comes from the word Aver Aver, a limb, just like a person's limb extends from his body, so to this house or this tower on the wall extends from the boundary of the city. Man the Tani um, the one who taught it with an iron with a, with an iron is teaching it regard like a, the word of a pregnant woman whose uh, stomach protrudes so so too this house bulges out like a pregnant woman um, interesting enough the Torah Chaim we're going to see quite a few nafkaminas coming up where they ask is it with an aleph is it with an ayin the exact spelling of the word and the Torah Chaim comes and shows halachic nafkaminas between each of them. I'm not going to go into it, but it's just interesting. It sounds like it's a silly argument. It means the same thing extend. What difference? He actually shows where it could have a halachic nafkamina, whether you learn like this word, are we, do we, are we like referring to our limbs extend from the body, or are we referring to how houses, uh, um, how a pregnant woman's belly extends? In, I'll just mention this one. He says it's got to do with how permanent does it have to be. Your limbs are always attached to you. A uh, woman's a pregnant woman's stomach only bulges for nine months. So it could have to do with the permanence, but that's a machloikes we'll see coming up. Ma'ara um, samachpeila, similarly by the doubled cave, another machloikes Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel had Omar shnei botim zeh One said it's two rooms, one within, within the other. So you go into one room and you walk through it into a second room. V'chad Omar bais valia al gabov. One says, no, it's a room with a, it's a double story cave. It makes sense according to the opinion that says it's one chamber on top of the next chamber. That's why you would call it doubled. If you one says it's two rooms, one going into the other, what does it mean doubled? You never call that doubled. We just call it a house or two rooms. So he says the Gemara answers, it's doubled in the pairs. It's all couples buried there. Similarly, Mamre Kirias Abe, it was Mamre and it was Kirias Abe. Omri Bitzak Kirias Ha'arba Zugois. It's called Kirias Ha'arba because it's a city of the four pairs Adam Vachava, Avram Vasari, Yitzchak, Verifka, Yaakov, Veleya. But Yehibi May Amrafel, another Machloikes Rav and Shmuel, it was in the days of Amrafel. Rav Shmuel had Omar Nimrod Shmoy, Velamanikrishmo Amrafel. One said his name was really Nimrod, why was he called Amrafel? Shinemar. Um, Amraphel is from like Hippil. He threw Avram Avinu into the fire. Remember when Avram destroyed all his father's idols, they handed him over to Nimrod who threw Avram into the fire. This is a Midrash. It's not in the Chumash, but it's a Midrash. at least, uh, is it? I'm not sure. Actually, just slip my mind. Um, Vachad Omar Amraphel Shmovel Amanikra Nimrod once said his real name was Amraphel. Also, why did he have the nickname Nimrod? Because he caused the whole world to rebel against Hashem during his kingship. Um, just interestingly, again, um, the Marshaw explains that we know where, where do we get that Amraphel and Nimrod are the same person? Because the Midrash tells us that Amraphel, that was one of the four kings, 
was the first person to start a war. So he's a warrior. That was his nature. And it says by Nibrod, he was a mighty person. He was, it's the first time we mentioned might and power as a person, someone who dominates other people. So it must be, so we connect. So we learn from there that Nimrod and Amraphel are the same person. Again, which was his real name and which was his nickname. That's the Machloikes Rav and Shmuel. Um, yeah, and the Torah's Chaim, what's the halachic nafkamina of which one was his real name and which one was his nickname? So he ties it to naming your child after a Rosha. If his real name was Nimrod, then you cannot, should not call your child Nimrod. If his real name was Amraphel, not, not the end of the world to call him Am, uh, Nimrod and vice versa. And by Yochom Melech Mitraim, said a new king got up over Mitraim. This was by the tribes when the new king started to enslave them. It says, Rabbi Shmuel Chad Omar one said he was literally a new king either old king had died and other was a new new a pharaoh and the other one said no it just means he issued new decrees I um, the one who says that it was a new king because the Posik says a new king the one who says um, but the fact that it doesn't mention anything about a king dying and another one a ruling, it must be referring to the same king. The one who says he made new decrees. It says this new king who did not know Yosef. Now if he did know Yosef, if it's the same king as before, he just changed his approach to how he treated the Jews. He did know Yosef. So He acted as if he didn't know Yosef at all. Remember, Yosef saved Egypt from the famine. He brought all the wealth of the of the world to Egypt. He made Egypt the center of the universe, of the world, the world power. And to go against his family um, like that could only be from someone who was as if they didn't know Yosef at all. Because if he even acknowledged Yosef slightly, he would never have done what he did. He would never have enslaved the Jews like he did. Okay, Simon, the way to remember the following teachings. But Omer Rebbe for 18 years. Uh, sorry, I spent 18 days before Rebbe Shaya Berivi. And I only learned one thing from him. He said that our Mishnah is Ma'avrin with the Aleph. It's the limbs. This that our Mishnah is referred to an extension that used the term a li, like a limb of a person extends, not the pregnant woman one. Of any of Omar Yochanan, you'd base Tamidim Hoyu, Loyal Rabbi Shai, Bridi, the Yod, Ches Yomim, Godalti, Benev, Lomadati, Leif, Kol Echod, the Echod, the Chochmos, Kol Echod, the Echod. There's all, but what do you mean he only learned one thing from Rabbi Shai, Bridi? Rabbi Yochanan said that there were 12 Talmidim that Rabbi Shaya had, and I spent 18 days and I learned. All the all their characters and all their all their wisdom of uh, the wisdom and characters of each one. So the Gemara answers no. He learned their natures and about their characters, their wisdom. Gemara loigoma, but actual traditions regarding Torah, he didn't really learn from them. Or Eboy's aim another possibility. He learned a lot from his students, but he didn't really learn a lot from Reboshaya Brivi. 
The e boys aimo a third possible answer. Davar echod b'mishnah seinu kama. When Rabbi Yochanan says I learned one thing from him, it doesn't mean I only learned one thing from him. He means regarding our mishnah that's under discussion. I learned one point from him that you spell it with an aleph and not with an ayin. Just interestingly, we mentioned earlier naming people. Um, so what does brivi mean? So Rashi here says Godol hadar. And what does um, but elsewhere Rashi says Berivi is a name. So the Nadi Yehuda points out, when does Rashi say it's a name and when does Rashi say it's uh, Godel means the Godel Ador? So he says when it's attached to another name, then it's a title. So here's Reboshaya Berivi, Reboshaya the Godel Ador. If we find Berivi by, by itself, then you know it is, uh, then it's a name. And he says, what's his proof for that? One of his proofs? Because we never find Tanoim and Amorayim that they had two names. If you look throughout Shas, we never find a Tana or an Amora with two names. Interestingly enough, I remember re- um, reading about Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. He held, that's how, he held that, uh, this, he, he held it was a new thing, and I don't know if he was so pro, giving people two names. He says, we never find it in the, in the, we never found it in the Gemara. People who had two names, and we never found, and we hardly, 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 very rare exceptions found amongst the Rishonim. People have two names, so it's a, he said, kind of says it's a fairly new thing. I mean, the last few hundred years that people started having two names, but it's a very wide accepted custom. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, we seem to have the practice of naming very frequently. We name people, give our children two or more names. Um, Okay. When we learn Torah by Rabbi Shaya, we would sit four in one Amma. And Omar Rebbe, Kashinu learned in Torah, Eitzel Rebbe, Eloza ben Shemua, Hayinu Yoishim, Shisha, Shisha ba'ama. And Rebbe said, when we learned Torah by Rebbe Loza ben Shemua, we actually sat six of us in an Amma. Now, if you think about this, is a huge miracle. How much is an Amma? An arm, so you can really only fit one person per amma because it's basically his shoulders. It's uh, from his elbow to his to his fingertips is an amma, and there's a huge miracle. By Rabbi Shai, they fa- they sat four in one, and by Rabbi Elazar ben Shemuel, they sat six in one. So either it's literally a miracle that there was, and their great dedication to Torah learning almost expanded the walls of the base midrash, similar to say you know the famous midrash that in the base amidash. That they would, everyone was standing in the base amigdash, shoulder to shoulder, and when they needed to bow, there was all of a sudden space for them to bow. So it was a similar miracle. It expanded. I think it could just be saying how enthusiastic they were to learn, that they were prepared to just sit and squash, just squash themselves in as if squash like sardines, and they didn't complain. They to to learn Torah. That's what they were prepared to undergo. Maybe you can, if you don't want to learn it as a miracle. I'm just interesting regarding that miracle of the Beis Amidash. The Chassam Sofer says the main miracle there was that you have a huge crowd. You have most of the Jewish nation all squashed into this uh, the base, the Chotzer of the Beis Amidash, and there's no stampedes, there's no pushing, there's no shoving, there's no fighting. Everyone's just standing there. He says that's the main miracle. Not so much that they could bow. It says more that they sat, that they were able to stand there um, happily. Um, 
you know how it gets with the crowds and uh, this one wants to get to the front and this one wants to sit here and then this one stands on this one's toes and he pushes him which knocks the next person so it says the miracle was that they all stood there calmly okay Omer Rabbi Yoshaya Brivi Bedoira Rabbi Meir Bedoira Rabbi Yoshaya Brivi was like in his generation was similar to how Rabbi Meir was in his generation Ma Rabbi Meir Bedoira Lo Yochlu Chaverov Lamod Al Sof Dato Af Rabbi Yoshaya Lo Yochlu Chaverov Lamod Al Sof Dato Just as in Rabbi Meir's generation no one really fully grasped his uh, logic or comprehended the profundity of his thinking so to Brivi would say no one really grasped understood him fully. Uh, we saw, I think it was early, we saw in this Masechta that the reason they don't pass like Rabbi Meir is because they never really got what he said. It was too too deep. The logic was too fine. And that's why they don't, we don't pass like Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Yochanan saying the same issue Brivi had in his time, uh, Rabbi Shaya Brivi had in his time. Um, the hearts of the Rishonim was like the chamber to the Ulam. The Ulam was 20 by, um, 20 by 40 Amos. And the latter generations, like the entrance to the Hechel, which was half of that. It was 20 by 10 Amos. And we're like the eye of a needle. Our hearts are like the eye of the needle. Let's just finish the general discussion on this point and then we'll mention a few points. Rishonim, Rabbi Akiva Achronim, Rabbi Loza Ben Shemua. The earlier generations we I'm referring to Rabbi Akiva and the latter generations are Rabbi Loza Ben Shemua. Ikad Omri Rishonim, Rabbi Loza Ben Shemua, Achronim, Rabbi Shai Brivi. Some say when he meant the, when he said the Rishonim, he meant Rabbi, the earlier generations, he meant Rabbi Loza Ben Shemua and the latter ones, Rabbi Shai Brivi. Va'onu kamale nek of mocha sidkis and we're only like the eye of a needle. And a fine needle. Omar Abaya, who was a few generations after Rabbi Yochanan, says, Va'anan, and we are Kesichta Begudele Gamre, is trying to put a peg into a wall. You know, when you try to squeeze a thick peg into a small hole in the wall, it's almost impossible to get it in. You really, really have to um, hammer hard, push it in. So he says, For us to absorb learning into our heart, it's as hard as trying to get a peg into the wall. And Rava says regarding Svara, we're like a, a finger trying to get through hard wax. At best, when you push your finger on wax, on, a, on, on hard wax, you really don't get your finger through. Maybe you dent a little in the surface. He says regarding Svara, regarding grasping the logic, um, we're like, um, we, like the indent, the indentation that a finger would make in uh, hard wax, almost nothing. And Ravashi says, we're to, regarding forgetfulness, we're like putting a finger in a well, in, in a pit. Uh, it's very easy to put your finger in the opening to a pit. It's, that's, and just as easy as that goes in, that's how easy our wisdom falls out and uh, we forget it. And um, just a few points on this. Yeah, so firstly, yeah, um, the Shire Das has a long, uh, has, a, has a whole essay where, that's Rav Yosef Yudalayb of Tells, he has a long essay where he speaks about this two parts of wisdom, of knowledge, let's call it knowledge, there's Chochmah and the Tzura. 
There's the, the Chokma is the raw data, you know, saying things almost by rote. Then there's um, Tzura is the Neshama of the wisdom. It's the internal message and the internalization of the message. And he says that's what they're speaking about here. Obviously, just as Rabbi Yochanan knew the Shas inside out, Rava knew Shas inside out. And we even have great sages now who, have, who know Shas inside out. It's that, but that would be more on the aspect of raw data, just uh, parroting, parroting Wikipedia facts. Um, that's the equivalent. He says the, what we're discussing here is Tzura, is getting into the Neshama of the wisdom, the, the internal, the depth of it, and the impression it leaves on a person's heart. So he says regarding that, that's what we, this Gemara is referring to when it says that their hearts were like the Pitcho Shel Ulam, and our hearts are like the Pitcho Shel Eitz, uh, Shel Hechel, etc. He says another important point, which, I mean, it's not so much our topic, but it's uh, very interesting. I mean, it's, as I said, it's a whole essay worth going through at some point, um, his understanding of uh, wisdom. But he, another very um, fascinating point, he says, if you notice, Rabbi Yochanan is giving very specific measurements. Now, if I wanted to tell you how much greater Rabbi Tanza was than me, or Rabbi Tanza wanted to tell you how much greater his Rabbi, I remember hearing my grandfather speak about Rav Gifta, or Rav Gifta speak about Rav Avram Yitzchak Bloch, his Rabbi, we can't really give terms for it even. We just say much greater. Or he was like a school teacher compared to a Rosh Hashiva. You know, we don't, we don't give real specific terms. He says, if you notice, Rabbi Yochanan's given very, very specific measurements. And they seem quite precise in their measurements. They're not just making up terms. So he says, because they, were, they had such a sensitivity, that's already part of their surah, of their getting into the depth of wisdom, the internal aspect of wisdom, is they could even measure the level of uh, greatness. It says, granted, they were totally aware that they couldn't get there. Rabbi Yochanan says, they like the entrance of the Hechel, I'm like, a, uh, like the eye of a needle, with regarding this depth piercing my heart. Um, it's, uh, he could still give clear definitions of the greatness. Um, and where does that take us? So that takes, um, that he says, it's very, very important to realize that we're not at the end of wisdom. Just because we've read a page of Gomorrah, asked, do you think you know this page? So you've got to be aware that there's so much underlying it. It's almost like an onion just waiting to, to be peeled away. We've got the brown, uh, crackly stuff on the, uh, sh uh, I don't know what the exact term is. We've, we've just uh, taken off a drop of the brown layer outside the onion. We haven't even really got to the actual onion itself, never mind peeled away layers in the, in the onion. And he gives a beautiful, beautiful um, parable and metaphor to help to understand this. He says, if you give a, a child's whole reality is defined by a, a baby, a baby's whole reality is defined by, is it nice to eat? And that's why you notice everything they pick up, they put in their mouth. Now, if you gave a baby a very valuable gem or a valuable piece of jewelry, a gold watch, what's the baby going to do? It's going to pick up the gold watch, put it in the mouth, see that it's not worth, worth uh, eating, and he's going to discard it, when really he's just discarded tens of thousands of rands. So he says that's how we've got to be with wisdom. Very often we take a, we, we're ta taught a new idea, taught a new principle, and we take that idea and 
we take that idea and if it fits in with what we know or fits in with what we, how we view the world, then it's a brilliant idea. If it doesn't fit in with what we know or we don't really get it, then we discard it. He says, no, he says, you've got to open your mind and heart to the idea, to the concept that there's so much more beyond us and we've got to reach for that. Don't, when you're given a piece of wisdom, don't taste it, see if it tastes nice. Don't smell it, see if it smells nice. You've got to try to appreciate what, what it is for itself. Obviously, we're discussing where it comes from. Someone who's most likely telling you something wise and worth knowing. Don't just disregard it. You've got to open yourself up to a great experience. Like the child slowly learns. Slowly you learn. Some things aren't valuable because they taste. Some things you don't value by how they taste. Some things you value by, is it a comfortable clothes? A car, can it get you somewhere? They, they different values, but not based on their taste. And so too, we've got to open our mind to experience uh, different aspects of wisdom based on, um, based on being aware that just because it doesn't fit in with our current way of looking at it or current understanding, it's not necessarily nonsense and to be discarded. Okay, after that uh, long interruption, let's carry on. Omar of Yehuda, Omar Rav, Bnei Yehuda she'ikpiru al-shoinam, B'nai Yehuda were particular with their language. The, the Torah lasted with them. They didn't forget it so easily. B'nai Galil, who were not so particular with their language, did not remember the Torah. What is Torah dependent on how particular you are with your words? Not, it's got to do with how much you learn, etc. It says, no, Ela Benay, Yehuda, the Daiki, Lelishno, Manchile, Simono, Niskaimim, Torosom, Bedin, Biyodom. The Benay Yehuda who were precise with their language and made mnemonics to help them remember it, they remembered their Torah. Their Torah stayed with them. Benay Golil, Deloy Daiki, Lishna, Veloy Manch, Minachti, Lehu, Simono, the people of Golil who, didn't, who were not precise in their language and did not give a mnemonics, they did not remember their Torah, they forgot it. Um, just two points on this. One is Rashi, um, Rashi says, um, what does it mean were particular with the language? He says they always spoke nicely. They didn't use vulgar terms or things. They spoke nicely. And, um, yeah, so, so that's, um, yeah, so they spoke nicely. That's very interesting. He says it's got to do with partly with speaking nicely. Okay, then we revise it and say the main point is speaking in a clear way. Um, there are many teachings throughout uh, Shas how you've got to be careful to teach clearly. The points have to be put across concisely. Um, I remember my grandfather saying that often people will say, I know what it means, I understand it, but I'm just not able to express it. I'm just not able to give it over. And he said that's a, that's a good indication that you don't understand it uh, Correctly, and I've read similar. I don't know if you've heard of Richard Feynman. He was a um, uh, scientist. He was one of those who worked on the atom bomb. So one of the preeminent uh, scientists of his days. He said, "You want to check if you understand something clearly? A, co a complicated physics problem." He says, "See if you can teach it to a five-year-old." So that's again, you have to be able to put across ideas very simply and clearly, um, and that will actually, the better you understand something. Again, this is another whole uh, drosha we should go into, but the better you understand something, the more clarity you have, the deeper it will penetrate your heart and the longer you will remember it. Uh, they were expecting big storms, but it wasn't. Um, B'nai Yehuda Gomru, 
מחד רבה נסכם מטורסם ביודו, ובני גודל דלא גמר מחד רבה לא נסכם מטורסם ביודו. The people of Yehuda learned Torah from one rabbi, they managed to remember all their wisdom. The people of Galil learned from many different rabbis and they weren't able to remember to keep their Torah. Tostos asked, what do you mean? We have another Gemara in Avodah Zorah which says anyone who learns Torah from one person won't see Simon Bracha. So I think the one answer is that no. When you're starting off your learning, you have to get a firm foundation, a firm approach whether it's how to learn a piece of Gomorrah, whether it's in the Hashkofa, you've got to get a firm, clear approach. You've got to spend your few, first few years, spend it in one yeshiva. Once you've absorbed that approach, then you can start broadening your, your way and seeing other different approaches. But if every time you, uh, you, there's an opportunity, you learn from this rabbi and that rabbi and this rabbi and that, you're just going to end up with the confusion. You're not going to know how to approach a point. You're not going to know how to develop your thinking. You're not going to know how to even have a clear hashkofa. I know in Tell's yeshiva, and this and my grandfather followed, we had a very, uh, he had this approach. They were very, very reluctant to have, to have guest speakers and very discouraging of Brochrin to go to hear every guest speaker who came to town. That's a common thing now. And different yeshivas have different approaches. Some held you do. But in general, the tells approach was no. When you're in yeshiva, you stay in that yeshiva and you learn from much. And you don't go to hear all the fabulous guest speakers and you don't have a lot of guest speakers. Actually, who would they let speak in the yeshiva? It was out of cover to a few gadolim. If they, if they felt, oh, you know, he's a, hu- a huge Godel Batara. He can speak in the yeshiva, but was more out of covert for the Godel than they felt that the Bachrim should hear the Torah. Uh, at least that's my understanding of it. Okay, Ravina Omar B'nei Yehuda, the Golim Masechta, Niskai Metoros and B'yodom, B'nei Golil, the Loi Golim Masechta, Loi Niskai Metoros and B'yodom. B'nei, um, Rashi explains, he gives the three explanations, but let's just go one because we're starting to take long. Then Ravina says, the people of Yehuda who taught their Torah, they were able to remember it. The people of Golil who did not teach their Torah, did not remember it. David Goli Masechta, Shaul Loi Goli Masechta. David, we know, revealed his Masechta. He taught and Shaul didn't. David the Goli Masechta, Ksiv Bei Yorecho Yoruni, Yoreecho Yoruni V'Yismochu. But David, it says, those who fear me, you fear me and they'll fear me and rejoice. It's happy. Shaul Loi Goli Masechta, Ksiv Bei, Uvechol Asher Yifne, wherever he turns in learning, Yarshia, he makes a mistake. Um, how do we know that Hashem forgave Shaul for that sin, for the sin of killing Nov Irakohanim? Tragic, one of, I found it the most uh, um, hair-raising events. Shaul brought about the destruction. He instructed his uh, one of his um, main men, uh, one of his main officials, to go and wipe out the whole city of Nov, which was 85 Kohanim plus all the other residents. Um, and it says he was forgiven for that sin. Shinemar, as the post says, Shmuel told him, again, another whole story, but Shmuel, Shmuel told him, tomorrow you will be with me in heaven. I with me in, in Ganadim. You're not going to survive. You're not going to survive this war, but you'll be with me in heaven. I, you will get Oilam Habba. Rebbe Abba says, I'm just going to um, just mute them with everyone. Um, so, 
so Rabbi Abba said, if there's someone who could ask the people of Yehuda who are very precise in their language, is Ma'avrin of our Mishnah spelt with the Aleph or Ayin? And Achuzotnan or Achuzotnan, similarly a question in Bechoros, is it spelt with an Aleph or an Ayin? Says Yodai, they would know the answer because they were very precise with the language. Sholinu v'omrele, ika de toni ma'avrin ve'ika de toni ma'avrin ika de toni achuzah ve'ika de toni achuzah. And as actually someone did ask the Bnei Yehuda, and they said there's both versions. Both versions are accurate. Some say Aleph, some say Ayin. Bnei Yehuda daiki lishna mahi. Where do? What do you mean? Where do you see that the Bnei Yehuda were so precise with the language? So dehu bar Yehuda de omrelehu. There was someone from Yehuda. Who they asked him, Talish Yeshli Limkor, I'm selling a garment. So Omrulay, they said to him, My govern Talisak says, What color is the garment you're selling? So Omrulu, Katridin Alayadama. It's like the leaves of the beets on the ground. I gave a very precise color. Bene Galil, Deloit Dai Kilishnamahi, where do we what do you mean that the Bene Galil were not so careful with this language? Says Dahu Bar Galila, there was this person from Galila, Dahavi Kazuva Omrulahu. They said to her, she said, and they were saying, Amar Laman, Amar Laman. Who has Amar, who has Amar? Now, Omru Lila Shoita, you foolish Galilean. Chamar Lemirchav, Oy Chamor Lemirchav, Oy We know you're not very careful with your language. So when you say Amar, you're not pronouncing it clearly. Do you mean a donkey to ride on or do you mean wine to drink? Chamor Chamar. Or Amar Lemilbash, wool to wear. Or imar listach say, or do you mean a lamb to shecht? When you say this word amar, we have no idea what you're talking about. So who is this at the boiler maimer? Another, there's a woman from Galil who said, who wanted to say to his friend, she said, come, can we, let's drink milk together. And omalei, shaluchti livia. My friend, a female, a lioness should eat you. Uh, she, she mispronounced the word so badly that it came out, not come and drink milk with me, but a lioness should eat you. And he is this at the Aisi Lekaime de Dayana. Now, similarly, a woman came before the judges. Now, she meant to say, um, I don't want to get too caught up in the technicalities of the language here, but what she meant to say was, instead of with a chof, with a kuf, and uh, as we'll see the next statement, um, someone stole something from me. Um, but what did she say? Omale mar kiri. My master, my servant, instead of pronouncing it correctly, of my master, um, uh, master, sir, she said, Marikiri, my master, my servant. Tifla, obviously, I had this beam. Instead of Tavla, I had this thing. And you stole it from me, and it was. How big was it? It was big that they could hang you on it. She spoke in a very... Uh, firstly, she made a lot of mispronunciation. She said instead of saying it was stolen from me, she said it was stolen from you. And, in, and in, again, instead of saying it in a nice way, she said how big was it? Size that they could even hang you on it. And lo mati karechare, your legs wouldn't reach the ground. Okay, we're going to now see. So that's the Galileans who were careless with their language. It says, Amos at the Bay Rebbe. We're going to see the opposite with a maidservant... Of Rebbe, ki have beloshen chachomim when she would speak enigmatically. It seems she didn't want to kick the students out of Rebbe's house, so she wanted to tell it in a nice way. She says, "Omra hachi eles nakva bekadi yadu nishra lekinehun." The the ladle that we use to get the wine out of the barrel is bashed, banging on the bottom of the barrel, and the eagles must the young eagles must fly home to their nest.
And what she's saying? The wine's finished. Time to go home. One time she wanted them to stay. What did she tell them? She said that um, let us remove the cork from another jug and the ladle is floating on the top like a, like a boat on the sea. Aye, there's lots of wine still in this barrel. Stay, we'll enjoy it. Rabbi Yossi Bar Asim Ki Havim Ishtoi Beloshen Chochmo When Rabbi Yossi Bar Asim wanted to say something enigmatically, Omar, he said, Also, he said, But prepare for me an ox in judgment, but tur miskan, on a poor mountain. Now, Rashi explains, because Shorba Mishpat, translated into Aramaic, is Turdin. And Turdin is Tridin, beets. And Betur Maskin is a poor, literally a poor mountain. So if you put that into Hebrew, it's Hardal, which is very similar to Hardal. So he's saying, oh, can you prepare for me beets and mustard? Okay, quite an odd way of saying it. The Kharhavi Shobush, Omar Hachi, once he wanted to find out about a certain inn, so he said as follows Gavar Pumdin Chai, Mazu Tuvayesh. Again, switching the Hebrew to the thing, so he says, Gvar Pum Din Chai can be said in Hebrew as Ishpo Zenai, um, which Ushpa Zinai, the host. Mazu um, Tuvayesh, how good is it? Is it a good, he wanted to ask in a very, in a roundabout way, is that a good inn? Rebbe Avu, ki have mishtai beloshen chokma, have omar hachi. When Rebbe Avu was speaking in this enigmatic way, he said as follows, Asrugulab Chomim, Make the coals like estrogs. I heat up the coals. I recool as a hivun. Spread them when they gold. I when they hot. Spread them out. Make for me those two speakers of the night. Prepare who speaks at night. Who's the speaker of the night? Prepare rooster. Um, rooster. Prepare some chicken for me. It's been a. a yeah, let's just restart the. Okay, so carrying on with these enigmatic statements, he says, Omrulei Rabbonin le Rabbi Avu, Rabbonin asked Rabbi Avu, It's Venenu Heichan Rabbi Lai Tzofun, where's Rabbi Lai hidden? I, we haven't seen him in a while, where is he? He says, Omrulohun, Alatz Kenara Aroinis. He is, he's rejoicing with the Aaronit girl, the girl from Aaron, from the, from the Kohanim. Achronit, who's the latest one, Ayoronis from the village, uh, sorry, Iranit, a lively one, and she kept him awake. So Omrilo Isha, Omrilo Misafta, some say he got married, and then what he's saying is he married a young girl from who was from uh, who was a daughter of a Kohen and uh, from a village, and she's very lively, and she's kept him up all night, and he's late. And the others say, Omrilo Misafta, some say he's referring to Torah learning. He was learning he, a What's what's a girl from the Kohanim? Kodshim. Kodshim is about sacrifices. That's to do with the Kohanim. The last section of... Uh, um, and you're sorry, it's the latest thing he's been learning. And he was up all night learning, so he's sleeping. Omri Leila Rabbi, similarly, Omri Leila Rabbi Lai, Hatsvinun Ehechon Rabbi Avot, Sofon, I asked Rabbi Lai, where's Rabbi Avot hiding? So Omri Lohem, he said to them, Nisya'et b'machtir v'hingiv He's taken counsel with the one who gives the crowns and he's gone to 
Gonsal to Mephiboshes. He's taken counsel with the one who gives crowns, is the Nossi. The Nossi was the one who used to give out the smicha. So he was the one who used to give out the crowns. And he's gone south to Mephibosheth, to the sages of the south. Mephibosheth was Shaul's grandson, who was very wise. We see David consulted with him, and he was very wise, if you look in Tanakh. And therefore, he's an allusion to the sages. Omri Bishua ben Levi, sorry, Omri Bishua ben Hananya, Mi'imai loi nitzachti odom chutz mi'isha tinoik v'tinoikes. All my life, no one outsmarted me, no one defeated me in banter, except for a woman, a child, and a, a young boy, and a young girl. Says, Ishamahi, what was the case with the woman? Says, Once I was staying by a certain inn, an osteli pull in, and she made for me beans. The Yom Rishon on the first day, I ate them and I didn't leave anything over. It seems in their times, must have been before Corona, the etiquette was to leave a little bit of food from your... Um, for your uh, for for the assistance for the waiters etc on your plate so he ate it all he didn't leave this tip says uh, second day says shnia veloisharati mehem klum second day she made me food and again I didn't leave anything on the plate beyond shlishi hegdi choson bemelak and kivan shetamasi mashti yodamahem second day she made it very very salty so I stopped eating it. As I tasted it, I pulled my hands away and I said, So Amrili, Rebi, Mibnaima Ainkhosoit said, Rebi, why are you not eating? So Omar Tili, Kfar Saati mi Baodyom, he says, I already ate today, I'm not so hungry. Omrili, Hoyolakalim Shahidemina Pas. Oh well, you ate so much bread, you shouldn't have eaten so much then. Says Omrili, Rebi, and then she told me, Rebi, Shemalon Nachta Pebri Shona Velokah Omruka Homim Aim Mashaim Pebbi Ilfis, Avo Mashaim Pebbi Bikaora. He says, Maybe it's because you didn't leave food on your plate previously. And the Chachomim say, granted, you don't have to leave any food in the pot. You must at least leave some food on your plate. Um, and she was giving him Musar. She was telling him, she was telling him in a very nice, uh, gentle way, you know, you should have been leaving food on your plate for the waiters, etc. And uh, maybe that's the reason you're leaving so much food on, the, on your plate tonight. So she got the better of him in, uh, in Musar. What was the case with the young girl? Once I was walking on a road and there was a path through a field. So I started walking on it. So She said, Rebbe, how can you walk through a field? You're going to damage that person's field. It's trespassing. So I said to her, but look, it's a well-trampled path. So Omrili lists him Kamoyskakfushis. She says, Yeah, it's bandits like you who have made it uh, well worn. He says, She she outsmarted me. I had to accept her Musa and not walk through the private field. Tinoik Mahi, what was the case with the young boy? Pam Achas or Yisi Mahalik Baderech or Isi Tinoik Yoshev Al Prashas Drachim. Once I was walking on the uh, walking along and there was a boy sta- uh, sitting by the crossroads. Vomarti Loba Ezer Derech Neilech Leiri said, What's the best way to get to the city? So Omeli Zuk Sarabarucha says, This path is short but long. Vazu Arucha Vixara and that path is long but short. Says Vallahti Vixara Varucha. So I said, Okay, let me go on the short one that is long. The short path says Kivin Shigati Leir just as about to reach the city. Motasi Shemekivi Noiso Ganosu Pardosis. I found that that side of the city they had made all different um, orchards and vineyards and it was like a maze and I couldn't find them because Artilak writes I had to turn back. Omartilo Bali, Allah Marty Lok Sari, you told me that was the short way and I can't get through, I can't get to the city that way. Says Omrili Law Marty Lok Arucha. Is it not the um, is it, didn't I tell you that it could take much longer? 
Hey, very there's a there's a common saying. What is it's a shortcut? Uh, sometimes a shortcut takes much longer. So yeah, the, it is the closest in distance to the city, but you're going to get stuck in the maze and you're going to have to come back. So it turns out to be much longer. That's what he's telling him. So he says, Nishkiv and Nishaktiv al Rosha, I kissed him on his head, Vomar Tili, and Law, and I said to him, Ashrechim Yisrael Shekulchem Chachomim Kedolimatem. Happy are you, Israel, that you're all such a so, uh, such phenomenal uh, that you're all so wise. Migdolochem ad kentanchem from your adults to your children. Okay, and we'll leave it there. All Jews are wise. <laughs> Keep that in mind when you want to try argue with them. <laughs> um, be careful when you want to argue with them. Um, and yeah, we'll leave it there for today.